Welcome back, Coming Brainiacs, to the podcast. Samuel Taylor Coolridge, part six and seven. Lit Charts explains to us, thanks, Swim said the moment fishy. The mariner rece- uh, perceives a small boat on which a pilot, the pilot's boy, and a hermit approach. The mariner boat sinks, and he's rescued. When the mariner speaks, the pilot and the hermit are stunned by fear, and the hermit prays. The mariner, in turn, saves his own save, saves his own saviors and rows them to land. He asks the hermit for forgiveness and is granted absolution. The hermit crosses himself and asks the mariner, What manner of man art thou? And the mariner tells his story. Since then, the mariner tells the wedding guest. He feels compelled to tell his tale across the land. If he doesn't, he experiences a peculiar agony. He can tell just from looking at their faces which men must hear his tale. The moral... Prayer is the greatest joy in life, and the best prayers come from love and reverence of all God's creation. Thus he moves onwards to find the next person who must hear his story, leaving the wedding guest a sadder and wiser man. I like this poem, says Swim, especially the supernatural elements. I was surprised by how Christian it was. It was a good poem. It was kind of gothic pirate, well, not pirate, but, you know, seafaring goth sort of vibes um and christian but not overly um it's like the it's a christian message but it can be generalized outside of that as well about just the sort of prayer um but to be conscious of love and you know god's creation or 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 the world around us and appreciative of that actively you know, um, is a nice thing. Kabla Khan is today's first poem. In Xanadu did Kabla Khan a stately pleasure dome decree where elf the sacred river ran through caverns measureless to man down to a sunless sea. So twice five miles of fertile ground with walls and towers were girdled round and there were gardens bright with sinuous rills, where blossomed many an incense-bearing tree, and here were forests ancient as the hills, enfolding sunny spots of greenery. But oh, that deep romantic chasm which slanted down the green hill, athwart a sudden cover, a savage place as holy and enchanted as ever beneath a waning moon was haunted by a woman wailing for her demon lover, and from his chasm the ceaseless turmoil seething, as if the earth in fast thick pants were breathing, a mighty fountain momently was forced, amid whose swift halt half-intermitted burst, huge fragments vaulted like rebounding hail, or chaffy grain beneath the thresher's flail, and amid these dancing rocks at once and ever, it flung up momently, has the sacred river. Five miles meandering with a mazy motion, through wood and dale the sacred river ran, then reached the caverns measureless to man, and sank in tumult to a lifeless ocean, and amid this tumult Kubla heard from far ancestral voices prophesizing war. The shadow of the dome was pleasure, of pleasure, floated midway on the waves." Where was heard the mingled measure from the fountain and the caves. It was a miracle of rare device, a sunny pleasure dome with caves of ice. A damsel with a dulcimer 
in a vision once I saw, it was an abysmal, abyssian maid, and and on her dulcimer she played, singing of Mount Abora, could I revive within me her symphony, a song, to such a deep delight twelled win me, that with music loud and long, I would build that dome in air, that sunny dome, those caves of ice, and all who heard should see them there, and all should cry, beware, beware, his flashing eyes, his floating hair, weave a circle round him thrice, and close your eyes with holy dread, for he on honeydew hath fed, and drunk the milk of paradise. This one's called Love. All thoughts, all passions, all delights, whatever stirs this mortal frame, all are but ministers of love, and feed his sacred flame. Oft in my waking dreams do I live over again that happy hour when midway on the mount I lay beside the ruined tower. The moonshine stealing over the scene had blended with the lights of Eve, and she was there, my hope, my joy, my own dear Genevieve. Excuse me. She leaned against the armoured man, the statue of the armoured knight. She stood and listened to my lay amid the lingering light. Few sorrows hath she of her own, my hope, my joy, my Genevieve. She loves me best whenever I sing the songs that make her grieve. I played a soft and doleful air. I sang an old and moving story, an old rude song that suited well that ruin wood and hoary, wild and hoary. She listened with a flitting blush with downcast eyes and modest grace for well she knew i could not choose but gaze upon her face i told her of the night that wore upon his shield a burning brand and that for ten long years who he wooed the lady of the land i told her how he pined and ah the deep the low the pleading tone with which i sang another's love i interpreted my own she listened with a flitting blush, with downcast eyes and modest grace, and she forgave me that I gazed too fondly on her face. But when I told the cruel scorn that crazed that bold and lovely night, and that he crossed the mountain woods, nor rested day nor night, that sometimes from the savage den, and sometimes from the darksome shade, and sometimes starting up at once in green and sunny glade, There came and looked him in the face, an angel beautiful and bright, and that he knew it was a fiend this miserable night, and that, unknowing what he did, he leaped amid a murderous band and saved from outrage worse than death the lady of the land, and how she wept and clasped his knees, and how she tended him in vain, and ever strove to expiate the scorn that crazed his brain and that she nursed him in a cave, and how his madness went away, when on the yellow forest leaves a dying man he lay. His dying words, but when I reached that tenderest strain of all the ditty, my faltering voice and pausing harp disturbed her soul with pity. All impulses of soul and sense had thrilled my guileless Genevieve, the music and the doleful tale, the rich and balmy eve, and hopes and fears that kindle hope and undistinguished throng, and gentle wishes long subdued, subdued and cherished long. She wept with pity and delight, she blushed with love and virgin shame, and like the murmur of a dream I heard her breathe my name. Her bosom heaved, she stepped aside, as conscious of my look she stepped, then suddenly, with timorous eye, she fled to me and wept. 
She half enclosed me with her arms, she pressed me with a meek embrace, and bending back her head, looked up and gazed upon my face. T'was partly love and partly fear, and partly t'was a bashful art that I might rather feel than see the swelling of my heart. I calmed her fears, and she was calm, and told her love with virgin pride, and so I won my Genevieve, my bright and beauteous bride. Youth and Age is the next poem. Verse, a breeze mid-blossoms straying where hope flung, clung, feeding like a bee. Both were mine, life went a-maying with nature, hope and posy. When I was young, when I was young, ah, woeful when, ah, for the change twixt now and then, this breathing house not built with hands, this body that does me grievous wrong, over airy cliffs and glittering sands, how lightly then it flashed along, like those trim skiffs unknown of yore, on winding lakes and rivers wide, that ask no aid of sail or oar, that fear no spite of wind or tide, nought cared this body for wind or weather, when youth and I lived in together. Flowers are lovely, love is flower-like, friendship is a sheltering tree, o'er oh, the joys that came down shower-like, of friendship, love and liberty. Here I was old, here I was old, ah, woeful year, which tells me youth no longer here, O oh, youth, for years so many and sweet, tis known that thou and I were one, I think, it, but a fond conceit. It cannot be that thou art gone, thy vesper bell hath not yet tolled, and thou were a, a masker bold. What strange disguise hast now put on to make believe that thou art gone? I see these locks in silvery slips, this drooping gait, this altered size, but springtide blossoms on thy lips and tears that sunshine from thine eyes. Life is but thought, so think I will, that youth and I are housemates still. Dewdrops are the gems of morning, but the tears of mournful eve, where no hope is, life's a warning that only serves to make us grieve when we are old. That only serves to make us grieve with often tedious taking leave, like some poor nigh-related guest that may not rudely be dismissed, yet hath outstayed his welcome while, and tells the jest without the smile. Time, real and imaginary, an allegory, on the wide level of mountain head, mountain's head, I knew not where, but t'was some fairy place, the pinus... Pinion, sorry, the pinions ostrich-like for sails outspread. Two lovely children run an endless race, a sister and a brother. This far outstripped the older, the other. Yet ever runs she with reverted face, and looks and listens for the boy behind. For alas, he is blind. Over rough and smooth, with even step he passed, and knows not whether he be first or last. Work without hope. All nature seems at work, slugs leave their lair, the bees are stirring, birds are on the wing, and winter, slumbering in the open air, wears on his smiling face a dream of spring, and I, the while, the sole unbusy thing, nor honey make, nor pair, nor build, nor sing, yet well I can the banks where amaranths blow, have traced the font whence streams of nectar flow, bloom, O ye amaranths, bloom for whom ye may, for me ye bloom not, glide rich streams away, with lips unbrightened, wreathless brow I stroll, and would you learn the spells that drowse my soul, work without hope draws nectar in a sieve, and hope without an object cannot live. And last one is called Glycine's Song. A sunny shaft did I behold, from sky to earth it slanted, 
and poised there in a bird so bold, sweet bird thou wert enchanted. He sank, he rose, he twinkled, he trolled. Within that shaft of sunny mist, his eyes of fire, his beak of gold, or else of amethyst. And thus he sang, adieu, adieu, love's dreams prove seldom true. The blossoms, they make no delay, the sparkling dewdrops will not stay. Sweet month of May, we must away, far, far away, today, today. And that is the poetry of Sir... No, what's his name? Not Sir. Um, Walter... Wait. Samuel... Taylor Coolridge. Sorry, I'm getting my poets mixed up. Um, Samuel Taylor Coolridge. That's it, that's it for him. Nice. Um, and uh, thanks for listening. I'll see you tomorrow for some more poetry. Yippee.